and gentlemen it's seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks this is the other guy on the other podcast john hogue here and live and direct from exotic valdosta <laughs> hi diana hey there yep so the three of us here stacy has been known to blog on the interwebs at theothermccain.com and at other fine spots such as this at spectrator.org. Yes, and you can find my good friend John Hogue's blogging daily at hoguash.com. Whereas Diana just uh, blogs sporadically. Oh, well, yeah. Um, actually, I was going to have a piece up, and then um, I was so blistering, I had to delete all of it and restart, and so it didn't get published. Blistering? <laughs> uh, you, are you getting that much sun, or is this some other kind of blistering? <laughs> uh, let me put it this way. Um, there was an article in Red State about uh, the Clinton uh, Foundation. People are essentially kind of involved in the whole BLM uh, World Global Foundation. Yes. And to say that I am peeved oh, <laughs> about well, I this. I should probably share some information I have uh, about, mm. about what? About, about the Clinton Foundation with the Diana. Sometimes she might find it uh, blistering. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. I, 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 was, I was just uh, catching up on the... Uh, on uh, the Camp of the Saints blog. Yep. Mm. Which uh, will be going uh, somewhat quiet and not having a whole lot of more content, I'm afraid. Yeah, one of his, uh, one of his uh, uh, last posts, our good friend Bob Belvedere, uh, as a matter of fact, his last post uh, was about the House of Special Purpose. Mm. Um which I believe is where uh, the uh, Saar and his family were murdered. Yep. Mm -hmm. In Ekaterinburg, yeah. Yeah, anyways, our, our good friend Bob Belvedere, uh, blogger at uh, mm -hmm. Dispatches for uh, Camp of the Saints, uh, passed away about a week ago. Yeah. Uh, and the news broke. His his full name was Gregory William Robert Fulcino. A, a man with uh, proper two middle initials, just like me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyways, uh, um, uh, I got the word from uh, Miss EBL, mm. our good friend, uh, Miss Evil Blogger Lady. Mm. And... Um, and uh, he leaves behind, I believe, a wife. But he he died of cancer at uh, at age sixty. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you know, he had uh, it had been about a year or two, I believe, just about two years that I, I first heard that he had the diagnosis. Um, mm -hmm. Bob was one of the very first friends I made in the blogosphere when I got on uh, blogging a little over ten years ago. And he was immensely helpful uh, mm -hmm. to me as I got started. Um, you know, Bob was known for his love of the music of Frank Sinatra. Uh, <laughs> but he and I both turned out had an interest in opera. And we would yeah. uh, be watching uh, great performances on PBS uh, live uh, feeds from the Metropolitan Opera. Uh, uh, tweeting back and forth with each other. So, you know, I, I, I also remember him, uh, Bob, as someone that I shared opera with. 
Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, so he's gone now. And so I basically, you know, hi Idaho, hi Idaho, hi hi Bob. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I um uh he lived in Massachusetts, and I um and I uh um when I went up to cover the Scott Brown campaign for the Senate seat in the special uh, uh, 2010 special election to fill the seat vacated by the death of Teddy Kennedy. Uh, Mary Jo Kopechny could not be reached for reached comment. Comment. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> but I, I I went up there and and the whole time I was up there, I was talking to him on the phone. And when I would go up and and I would, you know, our good friend Pete, the tech guy, mm -hmm. uh, whenever I would go up uh, to cover events in New Hampshire, I'd end up staying with Pete, and I and I'd always uh, try to arrange to meet. Uh, Bob, but uh, never had the chance to actually mm -hmm. meet in per person. But he uh, uh, he linked regularly, and and that's what counts in the blogosphere. Yes, it mm -hmm. is. Um, the other thing, though, is he wrote uh, also books. And uh, yes, mm -hmm. yes, he did a it yeah. did a wonderful uh, book called the, Pre the, the present crisis. Yes, 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 and it yeah. was uh, written. Sort of in the style of, um, of uh, you know, kind of the the revolutionary pamphlet of, mm -hmm. of Tom Paine and and those mm -hmm. people, you know, and it was it was the idea of um, of uh, you know that you know we have something to lose. Hello, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like it, you know, uh, so many people, I, uh, young people especially, don't understand, you know. When you say the word conservative, uh, mm -hmm. for a lot of people, it conjures up the idea of um, of uh, uh, someone who's very stuffy and mm -hmm. uh, a killjoy. A what? A killjoy. Yes, yes, yes. And and you know, speaking of someone who uh, uh, died this past week, uh, our good our. Uh, I didn't have time to memorialize him on the blog, but uh, P.J. O'Rourke. Yeah, another person yeah. I never got to uh, meet, but whose writing I just absolutely adore. You know, I, I met I, him I twice. Was, yeah, I was thinking that I met him at least once, and I, I want to say it was either at CPAC or at a Republican convention, but or or it may have been at some event in D.C. where you know, but it was just a. Oh, there's PJ O'Rourke in the room, you know, and maybe mm -hmm. I, I shook his hand, uh, but I, you know, I, I didn't actually get to know him. Uh, but mm -hmm. you know, he he also you strike uh, me as somebody I would like to drink a beer with. You know, he, he did like to drink. There is no getting around that one. <laughs> he was he was one of the funniest guys who mm -hmm. who, who ever ever did humor. I, I discovered his writing when he was uh, um, well fifty years ago when he was just writing for National Lampoon, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know I just it, it's it's been a marvelous uh, thing uh, reading him as uh, you know yeah. our lives have turned out. He was born. Uh, uh, like six weeks before I was, so I mean we were mm -hmm. like uh, co in the same cohort. His, um, uh, but the the book of his that I liked best was Parliament of, of Horrors. Absolutely, uh, I love Parliament of Horrors. I actually have three copies of it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Republican par uh, reptiles a pretty good one too. Yeah, Republican. I like Party to give War a chance. Yeah, oh, thank you. Give War a chance. You know, he, yeah. uh, uh, what happened was, if, if you've read Parliament of Whores, you know that, that he was going along trying to write this book about you know, what he called a, a sort of humorist uh, civics text. <laughs> and uh, it was like the text, civics text, 
you forgot to read while you were uh, uh, looking at the bra strap of the girl next to you in civics mm -hmm. class. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Take another look. I, his line in there. But anyways, but, uh, uh, but then he talked about how, you know, uh, 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 cry havoc and let, let, uh, slip the hogs of war, you know, mm -hmm. and he, he talked about uh, how, you know, the first Gulf War broke out uh, mm -hmm. while he was in the middle of writing that book. And that subsequently became the subject of his next book, Give mm -hmm. War a Chance. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he was, you know, he was um, a, a, a thoroughly uninhibited person. He didn't care mm -hmm. about his reputation. And, um, <laughs> and, and that's very important if you're going to be a conservative writer. But the idea that conservatives are, are, are just, it's just a synonym for stuffy and uptight. What is it we as Americans are conserving? And, and the answer is the constitutional republic of limited mm -hmm. government, okay? And mm -hmm. if you don't understand why that's important, well, maybe take a look at what's going on in Canada. We will in a little while. Right? Yeah, where they've yeah. got no yeah. First Amendment. Uh, but, well, they, they have their Charter of Rights, but they have no First Amendment, and clearly they have no Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. but, uh, the, uh, but we've been talking about people that we either admired or in, in the case of... Uh, Bob, a, a, a friend. Um, I'd also like to talk about the demise of an enemy. Oh. <laughs> uh, there used to be, until uh, February 13th, uh, a website <laughs> called Breitbart Unmasked. Um, and uh, the site was run uh, by Brett Kimberlin and, and included such wonderful minions uh, and included such wonderful writers as Matt Osborne and Bill Smallfield. Um, and this, the site was just shy of 10 years old, but it had been in a persistent vegetative state since December of 2018 uh, mm. when, when uh, Smallfield left to go back into broadcasting. Um, it's survived by uh, jtmp.org, protectourelections.org, velvetrevolution.us, greencasamaryland.org, itsme2020.org, and empr.media. And empr.media is uh, connected corporately with uh, protectourelections.org. Mm -hmm. Protect Our Elections supposedly is about... Uh, uh, election. election integrity, election which is yeah, a right. phrase that the left coined in 2005, claiming that they that uh, John Kerry had been the election uh, the victim of election suppression. Yeah, well, no, he in, hadn't. Well, in any ca any case, though, uh, uh, one of Kimberlin's grifts has been that. But in 2017, he renamed it. Uh, Protect our elections uh, slash EMPR, uh, mm -hmm. and it, it EMPR is an English language Ukrainian news site. Uh, yeah, right. With collection with obvious connections to uh, the uh, Chalupa sisters and the Vendmans. Mm. Drop the Chalupas. Just drop the Chalupas. Anyway, so Breitbart dot uh, was uh, one of the. Uh, I'll just say, I am, I'll just call it a website that was used to uh, basically uh, slander, defame, and otherwise uh, go after Stacy and me and some of our co-defendants mm -hmm. in the various. Uh, well, uh, it started. Breitbart Unmasked started out. Uh, mm -hmm. What happened was is that in 2011, um, uh, there was a swatting, yep. and. Uh, uh, Breitbart wrote about it, oh, and yeah. and uh, I'm trying to remember the pro. Oh, oh yes, it was our good friend Paterico yeah. got mm -hmm. swatted, and Breitbart took an interest in it. And and I well, yeah, I, I don't want to go down the too far down the rabbit hole, but this was right around the time, by the way, that the whole Wienergate thing 
went down. If you remember Wienergate, yes. Anthony Wiener got exposed as engaged in sexting and lost his seat in Congress. And during the fight over Wienergate, um, there was a sort of distraction from the main story, an attempt to discredit Breitbart, because Breitbart was the guy that broke the original story and drove it all the way home. And in an attempt to discredit Breitbart, somebody had set up a sort of fake thing that they were trying to get him to bite on and treat it as if it were real. Okay, now, I have a theory of who was behind that. Well, Andrew um, Breitbart said that it was Neil Ray Alger and Brett Kimberlin. That's yes. what he said. Okay. Uh, so, and so he's we can, dead, so nobody can sue him. Yeah, okay. So according to Breitbart, it was, it was Rauhauser and Kimberlin behind it. Mm -hmm. The last time, by the way, last time I ever saw Breitbart, um, uh, I was in, we were in Michigan. I was covering the Michigan primary and he was set to speak at a um, uh, AFP, Americans for Prosperity event the next day. And he, and he mm -hmm. uh, texted me and said, where are you at? I, I said, I, anyways, and he was having dinner at uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse and, and invited me to come drop by. And I dropped by and, and he got talking. And during this conversation, he says, how's your old buddy Neil Rauhauser? Because he was oh. still following that. Yeah. Because he mm -hmm. remembered this was what was known as the Betty and Veronica thing. And mm, so Breitbart yes. Unmasked was set up as originally to attack Breitbart. But then he died. And they, uh, they started attacking uh, Aaron. The first uh, articles were about Aaron Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's just it's it's so it's, it's a long it's, and sordid story that now and rather weirdly tangled. Well, the, the, well, this one part of it has apparently come to closure. Did you uh, ought to buy that domain? Uh, I know several people who have expressed interest in it. It's in the grace period now, where it can't be bought yeah but, uh, mm -hmm. we'll see it might, it might even get redeemed you never can tell. okay nothing uh, to see here move along well no that's the, <laughs> that was that was my headline on uh, uh, a, a post that basically just it uh, has the uh, government's motion to inquire into potential conflicts of interest filed by uh, the, the special prosecutor Durham and yeah, there's nothing important in paragraphs five or six. Nothing yeah, he has embedded at his blog, hogwash.com, uh, the entire text of this filing by John Durham. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and for example, paragraph five starts off, the government's evidence at trial will also establish among, uh, the internet that it basically goes on and then six, the indictment further details that on February, yada, yada, yada. And basically, this is the one that has called uh, a whole bunch of people to soil their underwear at the uh, Clinton campaign. Uh, <laughs> this, um, and, but there's no story there, John. Uh, well, none. And, 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 and Sussman's lawyers basically filed a, a a thing saying this should be stricken because uh, his lies were immaterial. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then you, wait a minute, he's accused of lying. That's the whole well, damn the lies, charge. Yeah, but the, no, the, the lies have to be material to the. To, to what's they, oh, and in other words, uh, if if, uh, if I'm talking to uh, you know uh, a, a federal agent and he's asking me about about something and I just happened to mention that I had a hamburger for dinner last night and it turns out I had a cheese sandwich that lie would might, would probably be immaterial that you know you couldn't be charged for uh, lying to a gov the government about that anyway the, the thing is is that Durham filed last night yesterday afternoon uh, a, a, an answer to Sussman's uh, filing that basically says you know we're required by these Supreme Court uh, precedents and uh, these uh, rules of federal 
procedure that we have to divulge these potential com, uh, conflicts of interest that we see might happen for defendants because it has to do with whether or not a, a defendant can cross-examine a witness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, oh, so, you know, it's, 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 it's not going well. But, uh, you know, you then again, I don't get my news from CNN, so what do I know? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here reading a, a, an article about this latest filing by Durham. It said, the most recent Durham filing at its core asks a judge not to spike portions of an earlier document that resulted in, quote, significant attention by commentators, analysts, and journalists over the last week, to say <laughs> the very least. Uh, look, this but, was... But, but it wasn't anybody from the New York Times or, you know, any of the really important papers. <laughs> Anyways, what happened? What happened was that uh, this filing, uh, people started looking at what was in here, Okay, and understand this is a filing in a criminal complaint Mm -hmm. against Sussman, who was a lawyer uh, for the Democratic National Committee. And the Clinton campaign. And the Clinton campaign. Right. Uh, and, and And so what happened was is that for 48 hours, right, it was only conservative media uh, that were commenting on this story for 48 hours. Nobody else would touch it. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the New York Times, uh, sort of in shame-faced uh, mode, uh, did a story about why is the right wing making such a big deal out of this? That was the story. <laughs> it was the Republicans pounce and seize Yes. Angle, you know, Republicans pounce on Durham filing. I'm and- sorry, Republicans pounce. I'm, I'm sorry. I have this sudden mental image of the murder turtle attempting to pounce, and that just doesn't work for me. <laughs> the murder turtle. Well, anyway, um, and so, so, um, uh, Nicole Wallace, uh, <laughs> of, who who is an ex-Bushy and inveterate Trump hater. I guess she's still a Bushy Um, and has her own show now at MSNBC or as some people call it, MSLSD um, (laughs) or MSTDS anyways. But anyways, she did this segment on MSNBC just basically saying, well, this is all dangerous disinformation from right-wing media, right? And it's a conspiracy theory. Um, and and the, the chyron on the screen was Durham court filing sets off conspiracies in right-wing media about Democrats spying on Trump. Now, now, by the way, you know, uh, Donald Trump himself has been interviewed on on this this subject and said, "Look, it's it, the evidence is everywhere that they were spying on me." I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you don't think that that what was going on in 2016 and 2017, if if that's not spying, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, but like, for Opposition example. Research. Yeah, but look, I mean, who was it that was supposed to have traveled to Prague for a meeting? Uh, Cohen. Cohen. And he was nowhere near Prague. (laughs) He had never been to Prague in his life. Okay. (laughs) And, and, and yeah. And, and so what they, what they got going there with, with their buddies in the intelligence community and the FBI, what they had going there was this machine to make it to you know it, it, to generate enough smoke so that people would would leap to the conclusion that there must be a fire, mm-hmm. and, and and you know it to create this idea the the but, collusion I mean, you, 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 take, you, you take one whiff mm-hmm. of that smoke and you know that 
you ain't supposed to be smoking that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyways, but but the same network, MSNBC, which flogged that dead horse of the <laughs> Russian collusion narrative for over two years. Um, you know, now wants to say that conservatives who, who are having their aha moment over this filing, which lends further evidence to exactly what the Clinton campaign was up to back mm-hmm. in the day, um, that 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 we're the conspiracy theorists. Well, mm-hmm. look, Stacy. Oh yeah. Let me just put it to you like this: the only surprises I've seen in any of Durham's filings have been the identities of some of the people that did some stuff. Right. I I thought I thought there, there's some people I weren't wasn't aware of, and there's some people mm-hmm. I guess who I am aware of who maybe their names just haven't come out yet. Let mm-hmm. me make a point. It's an important point. Elections are about the future. Mm-hmm. And let me repeat that. Elections are about the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, if you turn on CNN, which God help you if you do, <laughs> but I had see I had the TV on CNN yesterday, and 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 you know, and they're devoting so much time to the January 6th thing and, and Trump is being deposed and, and he's going to have to testify under oath, which is just a rehash of the old walls are closing in. Yeah, you know? but both their listeners are, are interested in that. Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. and, and so, and, and so, so this, um, this obsession with the past, Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it is. This idea that January sixth is somehow uh, symbolic of a threat to our democracy, and so it's Nonsense. an obsession with what happened in the past. And I do not um, think that Republicans going forward, uh, you know, can make a campaign about Trump was a victim of spying. Well, okay, look. but I just don't want liberals to be to deny that that's what was happening. But Correct. is it what we've got to talk about for the future is the importance of policy. But we have po- got to get uh-huh. back to policy. Well, but, but <laughs> we have to do that for the future. But it's what we're conserving is the good things that we were handed down to. us. Right, right. I and, understand and when, that. And when, but when they say when they say our democracy, democracy. Yeah. Well, I they don't hope, mean any such thing. Well, actually, they do. They mean our democracy, but the, what do you? But, but who they, is we? Yeah, what do you mean we? Uh, what do you mean we? Uh, and, 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 and and so you have uh, you you know. At, I hope I am a threat to our democracy because I'm with uh, Benjamin Franklin, a republic, if you can keep it. If you can keep it. Yeah, and speaking of uh, media, yes. Well, let's before we talk about uh, the the fake media, let's talk about the real world and how it gets financed. Specifically, uh, let's discuss the yellow button. The yellow button, folks. If you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com. Uh, by the way, you know dot com stands for commercial. Okay, mm-hmm. it's it means it's a commercial site. That means money. Okay, mm-hmm. and we have reached the shameless capitalism part of the broadcast, where I tell you that if you will go to theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column the yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can donate dollars shekels, yen, rubles, pesos, euros, whatever you got, folks. Even Canadian dollars. Yes, it will take any form of currency if you will click the yellow button and go to my PayPal account, and that helps finance the blog, finance the podcast, and most importantly of all, to keep my wife happy. Because mm-hmm. keeping my wife happy is job number one, and she likes it when I've got money. Meanwhile, <laughs> over at my good friend John Hogue's site, hogwash.com. There is in the sidebar 
uh, right there, an icon of a tip jar. Click on that and be taken away to uh, Hogwash, uh, actually my personal PayPal account where you can help support the blog. Uh, you can also do your shopping at the Hogwash store. Click on the link there, buy all sorts of stuff branded uh, in ways related to the blog. Or you can shop using the Amazon links that you will find scattered about Hogwash or, or uh, uh, the other McCain. Both our blogs participate in the Amazon Affiliates Program. Uh, use those links, pay the same price you usually would, but we get a cut of the action. Help support us. Something nice that Amazon does. Uh, meanwhile, though, regardless of how you choose to support the bloggers out there, including us especially, we want you to remember the five most important words of the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. This time. All yes. the time. Frequently. But, <laughs> but getting back to fake news. Oh, uh, can we can can we smack the Ukraine thing around a little bit? Yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to yes. smack the Ukraine thing. There was a 1997 film starring mm. Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro called Wag the Dog. Now, mm -hmm. if it is a political satire, uh, the and it's bad. of which is there's a scandal in the White House, and in order to distract from it, uh, they make up a phony war. Okay, uh, the, the the whole point is that is is that uh, how they they bamboozle the media into believing there's actually this war going on uh, in a fictional country. I, that I can't remember, but I, I, Wag the Dog is what's going on with CNN and the Ukraine crisis, and I put crisis mm -hmm. in quote marks because I am far from convinced that this thing is real. Right now I'm yeah. looking at CNN.com and the headline, The Latest on the Ukraine-Russia Crisis. Mm -hmm. President Biden will convene National Security Council on Sunday White House says, it's the current top headline, followed by Zelensky discusses need and possible ways of immediate de-escalation with French president. Ukraine soldiers ready for any scenario as mortar shells explode near front line, interior minister says. So, so let me put it to you like this. The latest date that the uh, Biden said the war was going to start was the 20th. It is now 8.32 in the morning in Moscow and Kiev uh, mm -hmm. on the 20th. Mm -hmm. And the sun is up. <laughs> and the, the last time I got involved in a, a big shooting match where we were trying to start and get a little bit of element of surprise and, you know, a, a leg up. We uh, kicked things off at O'Dark oh, 30, not 8.30 in the sun-up morning. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So so apparently the timing of it, but uh, my headline was CNN in the Ukraine crisis. And it's on Friday, mm -hmm. Friday afternoon, I I had switched the my office TV to CNN. And, and it was, oh, my God, the crisis in the Ukraine. And uh, their story was President Joe Biden will speak at 4 p.m. Eastern Time Friday to address the latest developments in the crisis between More Russia like and five minutes to five, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was sitting there waiting for them to speak, and he finally came out, and and I was just like, I can't listen to this guy. I, I'm sorry, I just can't. I, I turn the sound down and laugh at it. Um, but um, but he he said that there's every indication that that you know that, that the threat of an attack is very high. Uh, quote, it's very high because they have not moved any of their troops out. They have moved more troops in, number one. Number two, we have reason to believe they are engaged in a false flag operation to have an excuse to go in. Every indication we have is they are prepared to go into Ukraine, attack Ukraine. Well, that's Joe Biden, and and I'm, I'm waiting, okay, because I, I don't know what we're going to do. 
I have if this nothing. actually happens. Well, I, we I, won't do anything. We can't. I, it's too well, far away. We haven't set the logistical cha- train in motion. There's nothing we can do except stand there and, and uh, wave our little umbrella, you know, like uh, like uh, the uh, like Chamberlain at uh, Franco. Um, <laughs> sorry, it, it, that's exactly what we'd be doing. Um, the thing is, this isn't gonna happen. Putin's not stupid. He's getting every single thing he wants without. Uh, without having to engage in an endless guerrilla war with uh, Ukrainian partisans. Well, here, there's a couple of things going on here. First of all, Putin has been able to attack such large countries as Georgia. Yeah. Right? Um, And Chechnya. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I'm not sure he has the logistical wherewithal to uh, support an operation as large as it would take to go after Ukraine. So I, there's, Pretty there's sure he doesn't. that, that, that's, I, I don't, unless it's, unless the thing fell apart, you know, in a few, uh, three days to a week, he, uh, he's going to run out of logistical capacity himself. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I, 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 we once had a dog in our neighborhood that would chase us as we rode on our bicycles. And mm-hmm. one day I stopped and let him catch me. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know what to do. And Putin no. would be in the same situation. Okay, you've got, you got Ukraine. Now what? Yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, all you've done is increase your border exposure with NATO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of dangerous tyrants. Yeah. Well, there is that. Um, I had a piece. I I have kind of not been. Wait, wait, wait. By the way, is speaking of dangerous tyrants, which tyrant and what what imminent threat on our borders are we talking about? Um, well, that's Trudeau yeah. and the Canadian menace. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I have purposely not been writing a lot about uh, Canada, but there's been some stuff. That's I try to ignore them. It only makes me angry. I have but the uh, it just got to the point uh, this week that I had to write. And the first post I did was titled News Speak and Newspeak. Yeah. And Newspeak. And it starts off with a question, has the CBC, that's the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, which is the state-run broadcaster there, has the CBC been made part of the Ministry of Truth? And I've got a, 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 a screen cap of something mm-hmm. that was on the CBC radio news site. Let me read the headline and the lead here. Why the word freedom is, and that's in scare quotes, why the word freedom is such a useful rallying cry for protesters. The word has become common among far-right groups, experts say. Damn, I, did, I had no idea I was so far-right. Yeah, yeah well, but if I mean, you well, like freedom, obviously... Well, no, but this the whole I'm, thing is... The, the, you're look, an extremist. But experts say... Who Which are experts? these experts? I think they're the lexicographers that are doing the next issue of the Newspeak Dictionary. Mm. Uh, and I have a I have a quote from something Symes says to uh, Winston Smith uh, in 1984 at lunch. It's a beautiful thing, the destruction of words. Of course, the great wastage is in the verbs and adjectives, but there are hundreds of nouns that can be got rid of as well. Don't you see the whole aim of Newspeak is to narrow the range of thought? In the end, we will make thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but then later this week, just before things started closing in, um, I, I, I had a post called, Oh, Canada. And it ends with a question mark as an OK. Oh, Canada? Uh, and By the way, that uh, they they your, have the worst national anthem. Actually, the French version of it is a really great song, uh, but uh, 
they, they when you we're singing singing oh canada glorious and free we stand on guard we stand on guard to the for the sounds does kind of sound bad in english yeah but it works works a whole lot better uh, uh, in in french uh, it was originally a french poem but anyway uh, this was when they were just starting the debate on uh, I, I, on the 18th I, when they were just starting the debate on the emergency uh, Act that uh, uh. the, the the act requires that there be five days of debate about whether or not to keep it, and then uh, the House of Commons votes on uh, an up or down vote on 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 uh, what the, the ministers are doing. And uh, one of the things that uh, was scheduled is on the second day of debate. Debate is uh, the the cops wouldn't let the parliamentarians into the building. Uh, because of their uh, enforcement action, and uh, Trudeau uh, canceled the session, so that's illegal. Uh, yes, according, under under the terms of the Emergency Act. But anyway, uh, I, I suggested that one of the questions, one way to formulate the the question uh, that was before Parliament was, "Shall the Mounties now become Czechists?" Yeah. Well, the leather coats look cool anyway. Yeah, our our uh, ru resident Russian expert Diana will mm -hmm. tell you who the Cheka were. It means death to spies. It was the original secret police and uh, thuggish enforcement arm. They make the brown shirts look mild. Um, and um, basically, Felix Dzerzhinsky. Dzerzhinsky. They, they they were so they were so dangerous that Lenin got rid of them. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, he didn't. The, well, he, he did he, not he, do he, any such thing. He, well, he converted them into the uh, GPU. But uh, that yeah. actually doesn't happen until well at, until after Lenin has suffered his uh, second stroke and is pretty much incapacitated. GPU comes in about nineteen twenty four twenty five, and that was just regularizing the Czechists. Yeah, Cold War, um, Cold War history, folks. For the, for six hundred, yeah. Alex. But uh, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, well, it, you know, and it, they kept giving it different names. You know, NKVD, mm -hmm. MVD, KGB. Mm -hmm. Now it's the FSB. Mm -hmm. But but the but the people Same always thing. called it the Cheka. Oh yeah, they're uh, the Cheka. Yes. Well, and and and. and to this day, the FSB uh, people are referred to in Russian uh, by Russians as Czechists. Yes, but, they're referred uh, to as the Cheka. Uh, the uh, but then after what happened last night, I put up a picture. Mm. Uh, basically, the uh, 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 on one side is the guy standing in front of the uh, uh, tanks in Tiananmen Square, and the other side mm -hmm. is uh, uh, Ottawa. Uh, police uh, mounted unit riding through the crowd. And the question is, what's the difference between a major power and a banana republic? And the answer is, a major power can suppress dissent to the use of a modern armed force, whereas lesser nation uh, might still rely on horse cavalry. I'm sorry, but to my, I was so mad when I saw that video. Um, I'm sorry, but that's that's it's like a sin to make use a horse that way. Well, yeah, I mean, the the, the horse was uh, uh, was a serious risk. Of, not only that, it was a serious risk of injury to the horse riding yes. down riding down a mobility scooter like that. Horses don't like horses. Hate uh, that sort of thing. It's it's cruel to do to make them ride something, ride a person down. It was vile. What is apparently going on? The latest, the very latest, uh, is the the claim that what's going on is that the pro-Russian separatists in the eastern Ukraine region of Donbas. Mm -hmm. uh, are are shelling uh, the the Ukrainian forces, yes. uh, and, and almost inviting an attack apparently because if in other words if the R Russian backed separatists get attacked, mm -hmm. then Russia 
will claim that as a provocation for war. That's apparently, because all I know is what I see on my computer screen. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, like I said, we're in wag the dog territory here. There is, okay, Donbass is mostly, is currently pretty much controlled by Russian, um, pro-Russian forces. There is no way that if they're shelling the Ukrainians that, or, or anybody, that uh, that's they're not haven't been told to do it. These are puppets. They don't do things on their own. No, but I mean, but this is a part. This is a part of Ukraine where mm. Stalin moved in ethnic Russians, uh, basically. Oh yeah. To displace Ukrainians to basically to screw up the mix and. Uh, Speaking of uh, speaking well, yeah. of but, of uh, dissident regions, meanwhile in the Bay Area, well, yes, I, yes, <laughs> yes. First Virginia, and now San Francisco, huh? and, a, and a landslide. The New York Times reported: San Francisco forces out three Board of Education members. Oh, I love the oh, subhead. Yes. I love the subhead. The recall which galvanized Asian Americans, hint, hint, was a victory for parents angered by the district's priorities Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. (laughs) Shortly after Biden took office, I had a series of posts predicting that we were going to see a year of overreach last year. Um, and that the left was going to be so frightened about losing control of the House and Senate that they were going to try to do everything they possibly could to get stuff through. And, of course, they failed pretty much miserably uh, on almost everything. But you saw the same thing beginning to occur in school boards controlled by the left, in in state legislatures controlled by the left, and you're seeing – the rejection, I mean, of uh, this, and, and well, when it, when when you're too liberal for mm-hmm. San Francisco, oh my God, are you too liberal? Well, well, you know, they were trying. This was the one I think that was the final straw. Lowell High School is purely meritocratic. You can't. You have to test to get in, and you have to be really good. And of course, guess who's guess who dominates Lowell High School? Ah, the crafty Orientals. Yes, indeed. Because the first <laughs> thing an uh, or an Asian uh, Chinese mom says to her, any Asian parent says to their child when they get through the door is, "Have you done your homework yet?" Um, and that is true, by the way. Um, every I've, everybody I know says the same thing. You know what's anyway. weird? I, let, allow me to interrupt for a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, of is course. That, is that I was a notorious slacker in, in school, okay? <laughs> I mean, I, I did the, the very minimum and sometimes less than that. I barely graduated high school, okay? <laughs> Uh, because just not because I was stupid, but because I was just so phenomenally lazy, <laughs> and uh, and I well I was very I was very energetic at doing what I wanted to do, but it had nothing yes. to do with school. Meanwhile, uh, but my daughters, especially um, mm-hmm. uh, my uh, oldest daughter, graduated from college summa cum laude, and mm-hmm. my youngest now is a freshman. Uh, at, at, at college, and and she is she is so into this academic. You know, she she was valedictorian, and she's mm-hmm. she's just so into you know doing everything right in school. And she had sort of a crisis this week because she mm-hmm. asked to do a six page paper, and she did fourteen. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. She overdoes oh. everything. Meanwhile, well, good but thing speaking she, good of thing the, she didn't have my English uh, one or two prof. She'd have got an F for going over. Yeah. Uh, well, and, I, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, back in San Francisco, you were talking yes. about Lowell School and the uh, Loyal, Asian Lowell parents. High School. 
Well, um, the whole thing is, is that they wanted to make it um, get rid of that uh, meritocratic thing. They wanted to, it to be proportionally, uh, you know, every, it, everybody should be proportional. Well, um, and quotas. Uh, quotas. And of course, the uh, every parent in sight had been having issues but when the Asian parents saw this, they revolted and they brought everybody who'd had doubts with them. Uh, well, well, they were renaming the other... schools. They on... were renaming every school. Well, uh, uh, but on the other hand... While doing nothing for kids, yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, but on the other hand, uh, what about proportional re re representation for us white guys on the basketball team? Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's going to depend on... I that, had a that's... whole <laughs> post about the, uh, about, about the NFL this week uh, that I, I don't mm -hmm. think made it to the cut for this show of materials. But the last thing that I want to talk about is the ethnicity of ballplayers, okay? I do not care i i was talking about the super bowl you know and i and i call oh, yeah. the super this you know this this year's super bowl i called it the white supremacy bowl because allegedly we are told that diversity matters you see and so yeah, so right. brian flores of the uh, miami dolphins sued the NFL claiming that he was a victim of racism because he got fired from his job. And, um, and, and I just hated that. I hate it, hate it, hate it. And, but it goes back to the, what they call the Rooney rule, which was mm -hmm. a, 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 something that they um, installed in an effort to increase the representation of um, uh, blacks in management and coaching jobs and 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 while on the one hand okay it looks bad if your league is 60 percent black and all the front office people are white okay so so maybe do something about this but it turned into this quota thing and once you start doing this diversity thing there's <laughs> no logical stopping point okay no. right and so and so, you know, I was like, okay, so here you've got two teams with white head coaches and white quarterbacks. Not only that, but the wide receiver for the Rams who won the MVP of the Super Bowl was white. It's a conspiracy, obviously. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're probably Anyways, but that way. I, I, you know, it's like it's it's like what what are they saying? There's too many Chinese at Lowell. Is that yeah. what they're saying? Oh, that like, was that was. I don't think they ever specifically said that, but that's what it amounted to. But but let's bring back the Chinese Exclusion Act then. They want to in their I own really, sort of it's weird 19th way. Century, uh, 19th century racism. It seems yeah. like, yeah. Uh, have you don't? Let's not go into it. But yeah, um, if uh, an Asian person gets uh, beaten up or assaulted or anything in the Bay Area, um, it's kind of astonishing how frequently you don't hear anything about the ethnicity of the uh, attacker. Yeah, yeah, I, probably not Trump voters, as I like not to say. Not usually. Well, no. the, the statistical likelihood of finding a Trump voter in the Bay Area is vanishingly <laughs> small, anyway. And getting and getting even more vanishingly small. Just trust me on this. Everybody with any sense is picking up their skirts and fleeing. I mean, well, even 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 the Democrats who are still mm -hmm. maintain a connection to reality at least are going to Austin. <laughs> uh, speaking yeah. of places where you 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 might not want to go, oh it, yes, if you're a criminal, yeah. Alabama. <laughs> it's like it's like I, I would draw a if if you buy yourself a map and <laughs> and uh, put a pin on Oxford, Alabama, and then just do like a hundred mile circumference around Oxford, Alabama. Do not go there if you value your life, Mr. Criminal. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the the post today at my blog, theothermccain.com. Which, the, which, by the way, is on the uh, outline of the program under the caption, stupid people are dangerous. Yes, yes, yes. The headline uh, is, he had a 48-page rap sheet, which is a quote uh, from only Oxford. What? He was only 26. Hey, he's been busy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do I hear a, a police siren in the background? You do. You do. You're probably going to hear a bunch more. I'm seeing a lot of flashing blue lights. Oh, goody. Well, Oxford Police Chief Bill Partridge of Oxford, Alabama, a town I know well, um, down on uh, I-20 in uh, Calhoun County, Alabama. Um, uh, anyways, but yes, um, uh, he was Jacker, speaking huh? of Alexander K. Lanier, age 26, originally from Greenwood, South Carolina. Well, how did this fella from Greenwood, South Carolina, end up in Alabama? Well, it's a long story. But uh, he got into uh, some uh, trouble with one of his ex-girlfriends and kicked down her door and got arrested and then escaped. And uh, by the time they caught up with him, uh, he was in Alabama. So apparently what the folks in South Carolina did was like, we don't want to extradite him. You guys take care of him. We, we're through with this trash. Uh, Alexander K. Lanier, uh, they thought, you would have thought that, uh, you know, being an interstate fugitive uh, and uh, driving a stolen car mm -hmm. and being a... Um, and leading police, you know, fleeing and eluding from police, all the things that are involved because they had to chase him down to catch him. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Lanier, you would have thought, would have spent a long time in prison. Well, nope. welcome to 2022, where the craziness, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, the craziness has actually gotten all the way to... Um, uh, Alabama, St. Clair County, Alabama, of all places, where a judge decided that the thing to do with Alexander Cade Lanier was to put him in a drug rehabilitation program. <laughs> and he walked away from that yeah. and went on a crime spree up and down I-20 until uh, a little after midnight. Uh, he was at the Waffle House in Oxford, Alabama, <laughs> and there, and he carjacked some people. Well, guess what? There was a cop sitting in a patrol car right across the street from the Waffle House. Now, I'm sorry, man. How dumb do you have to be? I got him beat, uh, and this is my. Uh comment on your post. Yep, this guy is on par with the fellow who decided to pull an armed robbery at the 7-Eleven next door to the donut shop at the intersection of Flower and 17th. The <sighs> intersection is halfway between the Orange County Sheriff's intake lockup and the main freeway exit for downtown Santa Ana. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, to, to, to continue that story, he had to walk past the highway patrol black and white to get into the 7-Eleven. The highway patrol officer was in the 7-Eleven getting a cup of coffee when he arrested the guy and hit his belt radio and announced uh, the arrest. From the donut shop next door came a Santa Ana cop, a Fullerton cop, a fish and game officer, and three uh, county deputies. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to run. Yeah, that was the bad location. But anyways, so this guy, um, Alexander Cade Lanier, 
uh, carjacks a vehicle, and then goes on a police chase that this time was a little bit shorter than the, his most recent police chase because he had a pistol, which he had stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a pistol, and he started firing the pistol at the cops, which was all the reason they needed. And so he died in a hail of police gunfire. Stupid mm-hmm. people are dangerous, at least to themselves. Yes, and, and so as I said, um, um, once you notice, and I've got the mugshot there, you will notice that Alexander Cade Lanier was of the Caucasian persuasion. That's why CNN isn't running the story 24-7, and nobody looted Walmart or toppled nope. any Confederate monuments after the cops Are shot there any dead. left? Meanwhile. Oh, 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 in Alabama? Oh, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, a little bit further north. Did I mention this was in... This, Alabama. This, this was in Calhoun County, Alabama, uh, just down Pelham Highway, and you can look up the uh, the the legend of John Pelham, Pelham. But I have been to his gravesite there in Jacksonville, Alabama. But mean- the gallant Pelham. Well, but meanwhile, somewhat further north along the Ohio River, we have oh. our crazy person who's extremely dangerous for this. Yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh, the headline. A Jewish candidate for Louisville mayor survives BLM assassination attempt. Now, this is just absolutely crazy. Craig Greenberg is a Democratic candidate. Uh, He's a local businessman in Louisville Mm -hmm. and a candidate for the mayor of Louisville, Kentucky. The guy who tried to kill him this week, uh, or I'm sorry, I think it was last week now. But anyways, the guy who tried to kill him, who walked into his campaign office with a pistol and fired a shot that fortunately missed. Four shots. (laughs) Yeah, the the guy's just not a good shot. Quintez Brown, a Black Lives Matter activist, uh, and a gun been, control freak. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, he's an advocate of gun control. Obviously, he doesn't know how to control that one very well. Yeah. No. Well, anyways, he was he was charged with attempted murder of Louisville Democratic mayoral candidate Craig Greenberg. Quintess Brown, 21, was himself a candidate uh, for city council. But I, I, I guess, I don't know, there might not... Uh, be too many people vote for him, but you never know. Anyways, but but Louisville's it, a weird place. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you know who was from Louisville? When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. Hunter S. Thompson. It was often interesting to read the Rolling Stone back when both uh, he and uh, PJ and were, PJ were, were writing. writing at the same time. Some of the stories. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh well. Well, anyways, um, but can this ima- can you imagine that office party? The last time I checked, <laughs> and I'll favors. click the link just to find out. The last time I checked, uh, Quintez Brown's uh, Twitter profile was still active. It's Tez for Liberation, and. Uh. It was something I warned y'all about last week, namely this idea of this radical idea of racial liberation, liberation that, that's yeah. out there. You see, is the idea that that we don't need any reforms. What we need is a revolution and a black liberation. And when you this is the mm. radical bullshit from the 1970s that uh, mm-hmm. nearly uh, nearly killed us all back then but uh, fortunately we survived and now it's back in there well well anyways but uh, during the um in 2018 the so-called if you remember this the march for our lives i remember which, those that nuttiness. Just, yeah it was a uh, bought and paid for 
operation with them marching in there. Well, Quintez Brown uh, was part of that and was interviewed on MSNBC where he said, what we want is common sense gun reform. Well, I guess common sense gun reform means trying to murder Jews, but that's crazy. And as we all know, repeat after me, crazy, crazy people, people are, are dangerous. Indeed. And we will be back next week. You hear the boogie-woogie piano in the background there, which tells us we're nearing the end of the other podcast. But uh, we're here uh, 7 7 o'clock every Saturday night. Or you can just listen to us online at the Podbean account or the link uh, from Hogwash. Yeah, you can can download it and and play it anytime you want to uh, so that we're always here in a sense. But if you want to hear it live, it's 7 o'clock. And we'll be back 7 o'clock next Saturday. Y'all take care. See you later, Diana. See you soon. Bye. Mr. Briggs.